Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we are continuing in our series of podcasts dealing with current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. And today we are continuing in a series of podcasts that we've titled Spending Time with the Text, and this is actually going to be part two of a series, an episode that we just did uh, on church eldership and church leadership. So if you have not listened to part one, you probably want to do that just to get the foundation and to give you some context of where we're going to be continuing in our discussion today. Uh, Joining us is the head of DCC's Bible Department, Dr. Mark Halen. Dr. Halen, good to have you. And then also the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, Vice President of Institutional Advancement here at the college. It's good to be here. Yes. So uh, in our previous episode, we were looking at leadership as it pertains to church elders. And just so that our listeners know, both men, Dr. Halen, Mr. Worley, are uh, currently serving as elders in their local churches. And I know that you're going to find what they have to share very insightful and incredibly useful uh, as you continue to walk through your relationship with Christ. So let's jump right in, and Mark, I'm going to let you pick up where we left off. I believe we're going to be in Acts chapter 20. (laughs) I tell you, really, uh, this is something that just is so uh, exciting to me to take a look at the leadership of the church and what it uh, looks like as... uh, as some of our listeners might know, I, I love the book of Acts. And so uh, it sets, uh, Luke sets a whole different foundation uh, for leadership in, in, the, in the church, this newborn baby. Uh, and so this is, yeah, this is early on. Uh, but in Acts 20, we ended Dr. Halen with that. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting because from the Old Testament to the New Testament, things change and 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 we have a tendency uh, I, I guess because of Timothy and Titus where Paul is talking there we, we think of the of the idea of uh, elder as an office or something like that uh, but back to Acts 20 and and you got pretty excited about uh, this particular passage uh, it, it says uh, Paul says keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's pretty powerful. And he says, be shepherds of the church of God. Uh, Not dominant, not leader, not, you know, oppressive, but a shepherd. Be shepherds of the church of God. So talk a little bit about that passage. Well, the first thing is to note that our English, be shepherds, connotes that there's a noun there be this thing, be shepherds, okay? But it's actually a verb. It's shepherd the church of God, shepherding the church of God. It's a verbal idea. Now, now you may go, okay, there's not a big difference, you know, to be a shepherd and to shepherd are the same thing. But there's a more dynamic idea, and and, uh, you mentioned that sometimes uh, because of the listing of the qualities, the characteristics of the overseer that we see in the pastoral epistles in in Timothy and in Titus, we sometimes are lulled into thinking of eldership as an office. And uh, it'd probably be better to be understood as a dynamic function. 
that that you aren't installed like a faucet in, in a sink. <laughs> You're not installed. Right. You do a function. And again, um, I, when you think about the differences, you can hold an office and absolutely do nothing as yeah, an officer. Yeah, we see that a lot in, in our Yeah, world, we, see, we see that in political life. <laughs> we see that in civic organizations. And, and that becomes a burden to the organization when you got people in leadership who are in an office but who are not dynamically functioning as that thing. And, and, the, and the focus here is do, a shep, do the shepherding thing. And, and that, I think, is brought out in the use, the, one, the singular use of poimain in, in Ephesians 4, shepherd teacher, uh, where there's the, there is the idea of patterning, teaching, and then the whole verbal idea of shepherding to care for. You know, shepherds don't just sit on a hillside and watch. They're actively engaged. They're actively moving ahead of the flock. They are caring for the sick and the wounded. They are guarding. They have to be looking over. Uh, so there's an active idea. And I think, I think um, when we start thinking about office, we fall into a lot of cultural norms that we pick up from our political culture, uh, that can that can be dangerous. Uh, yeah, that's so true, Mark. I, 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 Dr. Halon, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, an office, usually when somebody holds office or is elected, they come in with an agenda. You know, here's my agenda. They ran here, on an agenda to, to achieve the office. Yeah. And they represent a set of constituents. Okay. Uh, you know, the senator, a senator from the state of Idaho is expected to guard and represent the interest of Idahoans. Okay, a a senator from Texas is to I didn't represent. Know that's how you said it. I think that's what a person from <laughs> Idaho. I have no firsthand knowledge of this. Uh, you know, uh, a senator uh, from Texas represents and protects the the interest of Texans. A representative from the fifth district of whatever of wherever represents the interest of his or her constituents uh elders rep their constituency is god mm. they are shepherds of his flock and and sometimes we get that backwards mm-hmm. uh you know oh so-and-so would be a great elder because he's worked with the young people and it is expected, and he might even expect, that his agenda, his main purpose, is to represent the interest of the youth group and the youth sponsors. While he may be particularly equipped because of his long work with the youth group and his association maybe with youth sponsors, maybe his, maybe his daughter is one of the youth sponsors, something like that, he, he may be specially equipped to know what's going on there. His agenda should not be the youth group. Right. His agenda should be the church and then the youth group as part of that church. Same thing with, you know, member of the worship team, you know, member, you know, someone who's older, you know, with the senior citizens or whatever. You know, you, you're not elected by a set of 
constituents to represent their interests. You are put in place by God. Yeah, and in this Acts twenty, yeah, in this Acts twenty passage, uh, the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty intense. And uh, I tell you, if you if you know, a lot of times again we look at the office or whatever of uh, because of the characteristics in Timothy and Titus, but when you really take a look at the function or uh, what what a elder does i i love first thessalonians 2 where paul describes his ministry he i mean we were gentle among you like a nursing mother we uh, uh, dealt with you as a father encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of the calling of god or we were delighted not only to share the gospel but our lives as well man uh what a what an incredible passage and some people, you know, the, the tragedy is that some elders, you know, come in and they view it as an office. Right. And, you know, again, First Peter 5, he says, don't lord it over, but set the pattern. Set the pattern just like in speech and life and love and faith and impurity. And so, uh, Dr. Halen, how did it... So was there a major change between Old Testament elders older guys over a community, and New Testament church leadership? I, I would, you know, the classic yes and no response. Um, the, the notion of maturity is maintained, that, that the elders in Israel the tribal elders, the clan elders, the patriarchs, you know, uh, are, are looked to for wisdom and guidance because they have experience, they have knowledge, and they've seen a lot, okay, and they've, they've ruminated on a lot. That is put in place. That, that is still in place, maturity. However, there is probably a diminution, well, there is a diminution of chronological maturity. The focus now shifts towards spiritual maturity. Right. Now, now, one of the things that complicates this issue probably a bit in the New Testament world is, you know, Paul tells Titus to appoint elders, Titus doesn't have the luxury of looking for people who have been, you know, believers for 25 years. Church is not that old in those communities. And so uh, there's probably a combination there of, of spiritual maturity, avoid the novice, avoid the new believer, uh, and age, age that has, that has worn well that he has a fine reputation in the, in the community. Uh, so, so if there is a distinction between the two, it's where the maturity lies. Uh, maturity in Christ, knowledge of the scriptures, able to teach. That, that doesn't necessarily mean that he can conduct, you know, a Bible study that just wows you out, okay? <laughs> uh, it's the, you know, as we all know, 
there, there are those who can teach a one-on-one thing mm-hmm. through just simple dialogue and conversation who probably can't get in front of, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, a PowerPoint presentation, you know, and, and, and lead, a, lead a dynamic, you know, scripture study for a group of 25 uh, people. And, and I think, I think uh, in, an, in a healthy eldership, we're going to have a mixture of people with different abilities mm-hmm. that help them to do different things with different people. Uh, within a congregation uh, who will be stronger at leading different personality types than, than maybe other personality types. Uh, but I think there still has to be that component of can lead by example and lead by conversation, mm-hmm. even if they can't you know, dissect a, a text and create an exciting Bible study for you know, a group gathered on Sunday morning. You know, sort They're of capable a, of using the word to distinguish between right and wrong, wrong. as Hebrews mm-hmm. says. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> in, in going back to First Peter five, uh, Peter says, "Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care." Um, and if and he says, even there are wolves among you. Um, so you've been you've been. Uh, let's bring it practical uh, mm-hmm. otherwise we're going to have to go to three three parts of this <laughs> which we may anyway uh <clears throat> but uh you've been you've been uh elder of uh, three different churches uh story road in irving and compass in uh, colleyville and valley view so uh, what have you seen and how do you feel your what do you feel your role is as an elder are you afraid to be an elder I mean, is that a is that a scary proposition? <laughs> it is for me. You know, it's it's like God's going to hold me responsible for the flock. I think you have to distinguish between fear and humility. Uh, and all the person, yeah. yeah. The and, and that relates to the biblical concept of fear, right? Right. And awe that inspires, I do not want to disappoint God, and I'm eager to do what pleases him. I think uh, sometimes we get uh, paralysis of action because we're so frightened to mess up that we then become of no earthly and heavenly good because we are not willing to risk which basically tells us something about our faith, <laughs> that we're not trusting God to empower me. If God puts me here and I follow his leading, then God will also empower me. And, and I think that, and, and we've had conversations in the past, that one's calling is not just a private experience. One's calling is also a community experience. And so when people begin to talk about you and to you as, you know, elder-type person, then that may be part of God's process. Mm. Um, I go way back. I'll never forget a men's retreat in Kentucky that 
I attended were, you know, so how do you choose elders? Well, you find people that are already doing it, <laughs> and then then you invite them to take the title, okay? Uh, and I think there's a lot of wisdom yes. in that, that, that uh, those who are truly elders will act in truly elder, elder ways. Which, uh, which in your mind is what? That is a demonstration of spiritual maturity and a, a willingness to lead and a willingness to risk leading. Uh, all leadership comes with risk. Yeah. Uh, if if only the risk of being sorely disappointed when people don't don't follow. Uh, <laughs> when you look behind you and no one's there. Yeah. <laughs> in in terms of you did all you could. It's not because of yeah. any shortcoming on your part, but there will be people who will not follow. Uh-huh. Uh, that's their issue. That's, so when when you're looking at. Uh, elders at Valley View or Compass or at Story Road, when you're looking for uh, potential uh, elders, uh, what do you look for? There's a, there's, there's a, like a, a portfolio type of char- character things. Above all, they're, they're you, you want somebody who leads already leads and and it's not because people have asked them and they said oh you know that they dove into leadership at some point they dove into leadership and they're still there and they've shown faithfulness and they have led uh, people through trouble they have been there for people they've shown faithfulness um there's uh, a demonstrated desire to learn and to be accountable to be together with other believers uh you know they actually show up when there's opportunities for learning for training for worship together and they will talk about things that are significant in their lives uh, we mentioned earlier the ability to to lead people into the truth. I think you you don't necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who can you know you know go from cover to cover in the Bible, put you know connect all the dots and all that. But somebody who can when when something is just off, you know, they go wait a minute, no, that's not right, that's not right. And and here are some basic, I can tell you some basic things in Scripture that indicate, you know, and distinguish truth from error in terms of, you know, central biblical ideas that have the ability to articulate that. And, and, and by the way, that may rule out some very fine individuals who you want to be volunteers in your various ministries, but they can't, when, when error comes into the church, threatens church or when somebody in the church says okay you know you know my brother-in-law said this so what about that okay that they they can't function they they're they don't have the ability to lead and, and nor do they seem to have they don't even know where to go in order to 
you know, do the I don't know, but get, I'll get back with you in 15 minutes sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, they don't even seem to have the ability to do that. And I think I think that's key. That's key. Yeah, you know, I, I think it uh, what I've seen at Compass is it, it's interesting in a, in a church of pretty powerful people. I mean, a lot of secular leadership. One of the key aspects that that we look at is humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, are they a humble person? Uh, do they know the scriptures? Do uh, and, and exactly what you said. Are they already caring for people? Uh, are they leading? Are they? Uh, do they have the concerns of the people? And one of the things that we talk about in in training is, you know, you don't bring your agenda. Uh, you know, we're there for God, and. <coughs> I think this is an interesting uh, concept, is the difference between secular leadership and Christian leadership and elders. And I, I uh, for example, the chairman of the elders at uh, Compass is Doug Howe. And I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a guy who is capable, I mean, he's one of the top business people in the world, and yet, man, there's there's so much of a difference when he is in the eldership uh it's he shepherds uh the flock and and it just changes and i I don't know if that's because he became a christian later on in life or he just gets it uh but i i just love being around him and uh, our elders meetings uh are just a humbleness before god recognizing that god is in control of this place uh, and it's not a church building, it's the it's the church, the people of God, and so you know you see those elders that that get that. Yeah, I would reckon that that's probably their style of leadership everywhere. Uh, they are. Uh, uh, I think believers look at work differently. Yes. And, and so in their corporate leadership, they would look at their employees and those under them in a far different way and they would deal with them in a far different way than just a guy that you know you know this is what i do to make a living and i'm going to make the most living out of this making a living thing i can make it (laughs) okay and uh and uh so i think that's again comes back to character a humble character loving character concern uh uh and 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 able to think wisely I think you, you know, Titus, uh, uh, we have, does he manage his household well? You got to remember, household was more than just, you know, mom, dad, the 2.2 children are in uh, 2021, 1.8 children. Um, uh, Often household would involve household servants. And and so there's a business part of that. So how he managed that. Uh, all his business dealings and things like that would be part of it as well. Well, and that's part of that, you know, making sure your character is right. Husband of one wife, which we can talk about that one later on, but raising up your children, all of those characteristics. If, if <laughs> I'm always a believer, if, if, you're, if you're not able to manage the people who you live with and lead them, as a godly example, it's going to be pretty hard for you to transfer that to the church. Would be my 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 thinking. Well, Scott, let me uh, close with the passage that uh, 
we kind of started with and uh, spurred this discussion, First Peter, the fifth chapter. And uh, those of you who are elders listening, uh, listen to what your brother Peter had to say. Uh, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care. Watch, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples, patterns to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Amen. And I don't think it's any accident that a few verses after that, he says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in good time. That's great. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing. We hope that uh, the, uh, the information and discussion that's taken place today has given you food for thought. Uh, again, the mission of Dallas Christian College is to educate and mentor students to be those people of influence, to become those elders and servants in our churches who are engaging in their calling to the work of Christ in the church and in the world. And uh, to that to that end, then we are committed to helping ch- to change the world for Christ one student at a time. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out more about Dallas Christian College and learn more about our programs, our scholarships, our education programs, you can do that at www.dallas.edu. Again, thank you for joining us for this episode of the DCC Leadership Podcast. Take care and have